Hey guys, welcome to the Tiff's Truth Podcast. This is a podcast all about entrepreneurship, growth, and spirituality. This has been a whirlwind year for me. I want to thank everybody who has tuned in to each of the episodes on the Tiff's Truth Podcast. I want to thank everybody who is uh, subscribed to the podcast and Thank you for allowing me the opportunity to be vulnerable with all of you and to have conversations with other entrepreneurs who were willing to be vulnerable. It takes a lot of courage, which is what I learned this year to actually share your personal story, not just the good parts, but the bad parts as well. And the biggest thing that I learned from launching this podcast is that I'm not alone. And for so long, I actually felt that way. I felt like I was by myself in this journey and that nobody was actually going through the trials that I was going through. And I was totally wrong. And so with that being said, now that we are nearing the end of this crazy 2023, I decided to put together some of my favorite episodes for you all. And my very first one is with a longtime friend of mine, Dr. Akila Bradford, who uh, this was my first episode and I was able to discuss with her all of the things that they don't tell you about entrepreneurship and just our ups and downs in our journeys and how we got to where we are today and how we're still growing and how we're looking to still grow. And so check this out. I got the golden egg. I'm God's favorite. We lit. We lit. We lit. And and then then that light, it gets bright. And then it gets dim. Sometimes that light will go off. And then all the way off. Woo! And you're like, uh uh-oh. I don't have I don't have no money to pay the electricity bill to turn this light back on that started out so bright. Mm -hmm. What happened? Yeah, entrepreneurship happened. Mm-hmm. That's what happened. So yeah, it, it it's it's been it's been one. Uh it's been one. But yeah, I could not believe I turned down a six figure job to start my own business. Yeah. I felt the same way. I was like, there were times when I was like, I cannot believe that I actually left the newsroom. And you and I have spoken about all of the things that I went through in the newsroom. I had a boss that hated my guts. Yes. Um, Yes. You know, I had health issues. I had tumors on my uterus from stress. I was hooked up to EKG machines due to stress working in the newsroom. I mean, I absolutely went through it. And I was like, I would go back in a heartbeat. (laughs) To have a back. steady, to have a steady paycheck and insurance, yes. health insurance oh, oh, that insurance. I do not have to worry oh, about. So it has, insurance. yes, yes, health insurance, life insurance, right. So it it has definitely been like I did not see, like I said, um, probably the misconception that I had about becoming my own boss. Perhaps I was a little Delulu, as they say, <laughs> as, the, as the kids say, but I honestly thought that if I did everything right, mm-hmm. if I did everything in my power, and if I was completely obedient to what God had led me to do, that I would be challenged 
in some aspects right but i wouldn't ne- i would not have to go through a dark night of the soul as they say yes i would not have yes. to uh, worry about yes. you know i would not have to struggle i have yes. been i have faced eviction I have had yes. my car repossessed. Yes. I have had friends who have eaten at my father's table that my father has cooked for. Call me out of my name. Try to stop my dream. They See? have lied on me. They have. I have had to walk away from them. They have walked away from me because they yep. were uncomfortable with my growth. Yep. I did not expect any of this to happen. No. That one was a doozy. I was definitely on the verge of tears in that episode. Um, Like I said, sometimes you just have to get it off your chest. And telling your truth is a healing process. It is a part of growth. And like I said, we encourage growth and spirituality on this podcast. And speaking of growth and spirituality, one of my second favorite episodes is the conversation I had with um, intuitive healer and psychic and psychic medium Javia Alyssa who is absolutely fabulous and we talked we both talked about growing up as seers so to speak and how our gifts have made room for us check this out So how did you develop your spiritual gifts over time? I know you said you had them since you were a little girl, but you still have to. There's still work that has to be done. If you have been sort of called to help other people, you still have to grow your gifts and there are things that you have to do. Mainly trust them. I know somebody told me your gift grows when you trust it. And for a long time, I allowed people to... When I was little, I would be made fun of. And so I suppressed my gifts and I Mm -hmm. doubted my intuition for a very long time. And like I said, until I became uh, an adult. And so it wasn't until I started trusting myself and just saying, you know, okay, you don't have to believe the dream I just had, but I know that it's about to come (laughs) true. Um, How did you, what are some ways, because people ask this question all the time, you know, when they talk to a psychic, what are some ways that I can strengthen my intuition? So what what would you say? This is going to sound crazy, but the number one thing is Reiki. I didn't know this, but when I went and got, because I'm a level three Reiki master, but when I went and got my level one and two, she told me, she was like, yeah, this right here, when you get the attunement, it's going to heighten your gifts. Like, crazy and it really did and that happened i don't know what it was crazy but it just opened me up so much more so what is an attunement what is that i mean we i i know what reiki is um it's a japanese healing technique from that was you know from thousands of years ago that uses for people who don't know gentle touch to heal the body of different um different ailments but what is what does attunement mean so when you're getting your level one, level two, level, level three, what we do as Reiki masters who are, you know, certifying the new practitioner, we got to go in through your crown chakra and put, because in Reiki, we work with symbols. We have to put the symbols for each level in your crown chakra and we attune you to the frequency of Reiki. And then that's how you're able to be a Reiki practitioner. So that right there is what really does it. 
Wow. Okay. I didn't know. I didn't know what that was what attunement yeah. means. <laughs> okay. So you said Reiki was one way that grew your intuition. What would you say uh-huh. was another? I definitely think that meditation is the number one way to make your, you know, see to it that your spiritual gifts grow stronger or to strengthen your intuition. Definitely meditation. Yeah. And people, I feel, get tired of hearing that because everybody's like, you need to meditate. But that right there is the strongest way mm-hmm. that and working with your cards because the cards is nothing but a tool you're right you're going to have to get you have the intuition so when you're working with your cards every single day you're going to become better and better and although a lot or all of this stuff is based off of spirituality and higher knowledge and intuition i like to go back to everything so even me myself, I've gone back and redid Reiki courses. I have taken tarot courses. Even after uh, I was doing this full time, I'm very analytical about things. And so I go to the book part mm-hmm. too, to make sure that I'm very thorough with everything. But yes, I meditate all the time because that's like the number one way. I love speaking to people who are on a similar spiritual path. And even if you aren't on a a similar spiritual path, just people who are sort of working to grow spiritually and to become the best versions of themselves because they provide so much insight, which leads me to the next favorite episode of mine is with holistic practitioner Angelina Celeste Grant. She is also a Reiki master and she is an aromatherapist as well and we discussed the importance of stillness Um, like I said in the episode so many times we don't even realize through the hustle and the grind and the go 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 that we are actually missing important messages from uh, the creator and so being introspective is important and she dropped some gems in this episode take a listen And so it was in stillness where I had to um, change my perspective, so to speak, and uh, so that I could really receive because I kept saying, I don't I don't really understand what's going on. God, I'll do whatever it is you asked me to do. I wish and, and it slowly but surely I began to gain insight. And so like they say, if you don't sit down, God will sit you down or if you don't rest, your body will um, make sure that you rest. Absolutely. Um, That was that was definitely, definitely the case for me. And so if things hadn't slowed down, slowed down for me, I definitely would have still been going, going, going. And I would have missed out on so much and wondering why things weren't necessarily going in the way that I would have liked them to go. So that is my that is my stillness story and the importance of why you should be still. (laughs) Yeah. I've had so many different, different situations in my life that, and I would say that I never had to be forced into stillness. Stillness is a comfortable place for me. And I don't know if it has anything to do with, well, definitely has to do with being an introvert, but also has to do with being an only child. And so, 
I that's what it is. Yeah, I didn't have people. I didn't have people to talk to. So it was just me and my thoughts and my ideas and in my room and in my music. Like one of my childhood friends now, she'll she'll come to my house and she'll be like, girl, you still stay in your room all day? <laughs> <laughs> because that has been like, I'm like, everything is here. All my stuff is here. Everything that I love, every comforting piece of life is here with me. And so I've had, um, I guess because I, once I, you know, grew up and, and got married and had children, I wasn't the only child anymore. There were lots of opportunity for stillness because I still needed to just hear myself. Mm-hmm. I still needed to just step away and breathe. Being a mom of three boys with all totally different personalities and all of them having totally different needs. Um, And still I'm just one person. So having to learn to morph into a different person to be what they needed me to be. Mm. And that is a struggle. Um, And even now in my life, which, you know, I have one son who is not in the house anymore. I have a 20 year old who probably won't be in the home much longer, he'll be, you know, starting his life. And then my 16 year old, but I have a new role now of caretaker, my, Mm -hmm. um, and and this is along with running my business and still being a parent and still being a wife. So my mother-in-law and father-in-law, their health started to decline approximately three years ago. And they were living separately. It was just no way to make that work. And so the easiest way and the path of least resistance was to move them in with us. Mm. And so my father-in-law has dementia. My mother-in-law is in a wheelchair and I am having the role of caretaker now and just joined another caretaker team for my grandmother who's 98 and just had a stroke six weeks ago. Wow. So So how would you encourage, how would you encourage other moms with full families like yours to still find that time to just woosah? It's there. I promise you it's there because again, we're going to look to replace some of the mindless things that we do. Like sometimes we just need downtime and we use that to watch or to binge on Netflix, or we want to scroll our phone take some of that time and replace it with stillness because Mm -hmm. you are putting out a lot. You are giving a lot. We need to check in and see what's going on. A lot of times when people have health issues, their body was trying to tell them the whole time, but in the go, 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 in the hustle and bustle, in the, you know, grind and the nonstop and in the I'll sleep when I'm dead, we miss the damn message. We miss the message. Because we won't sit still. This next episode was really cool. It was episode nine. I got to reconnect with fellow journalist Kyra Kyles, who moved all the way to California from Chicago, her hometown, to spearhead an organization that is empowering the next generation of black and brown journalists. I think it's extremely important for us to reach back. Having worked in journalism for 20 years, um, I have been extremely blessed to be able to have some 
heavy hitters uh, in the journalism field take me under their wing and I will always be grateful for that. And so just to have an organization that is doing that and to set up a hub, they're in based in California, but they have just set up a hub here in Chicago to, like I said, help black and brown youth who are interested in journalism is extremely important and really cool. Check this out. Um, the the young people of today are also not from a realm of gatekeeping where you have to wait and send a letter to an editor and they decide to run it or you send an email and they may decide to feature it. They have untold avenues to speak out about things that they don't believe in or things that they want to see. So mm -hmm. that I think frames how they are different. They have more channels to question power. So, yeah. But I will say they also need our support and our help. Absolutely. When they're in the newsroom. They can't be there defending themselves alone. Even though they mm -hmm. may have the power and the spirit to do that, they need our help. So I want to make sure that these newsrooms change. One of the greatest things about Wire Media is our alum are incredible. They call and say, hey, there's an opening here. This is what you need to do to get this role. Hey, I'm the vice president here. Do you have anyone looking for a job? You need those people in place because otherwise you're just sending them out to be beaten down. Yeah. So we always talk about every single podcast has been, my guest has touched on the importance of relationships. So I want to know who are, I've had some, you know, fabulous mentors, thank God. And those people who have spoken up for me in newsrooms dating all the way back, like I said, 20 years plus when I first started people like Muriel Claire. Um, I love know, her too. Yes. Yeah. Sylvia, Sylvia Jones, who's a writer now in Hollywood for the shy. Um, people like Darlene Hill, Don Hasbrook, you know, have spoken up for me in newsrooms and sort of been allies for me. Who were some of the people who have supported you and who were some of the people that you looked up to in your uh, journalism career? And I want you to elaborate just on how important that is. Well, there are so many. I, I do, I'm afraid to do it because I don't want to leave anyone out. So I'm just <laughs> yeah. going to say a few. Muriel Claire definitely loved her and she was so supportive and so kind and helpful all the members of the NABJ Chicago board and, and also the membership itself, super supportive. I would say Brenda Butler, who was a colleague of mine when I was at the Tribune, incredible. Donna Pierce, who, who worked on the, in the food section, the cooking section is, is an icon. Dorothy Tucker, Robin Robinson. I mean, I could name Robin Robinson. Absolutely. I, I did not even want to do this. Robinson. Yeah. I remember watching Robin Robinson when I was in grad school on television, like just watching her on TV. So she has definitely been like the icon, like the. Absolutely. Yeah. There are so many. And I would say I loved working with you. One of the greatest yeah. things I got to do working at the Tribune Red Eye was when you would call me up to have me on and you, you know, just synced up. And I knew I wasn't being set up to come. Right. Look silly you know right. sometimes people just call you up there as some kind of token that you is gotta so evaluate. True. listen you gotta evaluate do, should i do this right i that never thought so that with you look yeah. it's real so I yeah mean, there are too many to name but those are just a few um you know art norman uh yeah. there are so many that are just hey i'm out here i've done this let me help you what can i mm -hmm. do to assist you and yeah. they always come through and so yeah it's really important to have that Mm -hmm. And not only people to look up to, people who would actually answer your call or help you or talk through something with you. Absolutely. Yeah. Those relationships are, are Richard so Steele. I got to shout out Richard Steele. Too. Yeah. 
Yeah, absolutely. Those are so important. And like I said, to not only answer the phone when you call and you're like going through it. Sylvia Jones, I can't imagine if if Sylvia had a dollar, she would never have to write another script if she had a dollar for every time I called her. Um, Like I said, she's a great writer. She's written for The Shy and a ton of other great um, shows in Hollywood now. And I'm just extremely grateful. But as far as people who are close in the newsroom, you need those people in positions of power. Like we need more people who are able to make the decisions, more anchors, more managing editors, more news directors, more assistant news directors. And we don't, we absolutely do not have enough of people who are able to sort of move the needle, push the needle, so to speak, and say, this is not happening. We're not covering this this way. Last but not least is episode 14. I interviewed Lakeisha Gray Sewell, who is the executive director of Girls Like Me Project. And we talked about women supporting women and she did not hold back. I have always admired Lakeisha for her passion and for her courage to be able to say things that a lot of people are afraid to say, quite frankly. And so I appreciate not only her support, but for her ability to be candid and to be honest. So check this out. That, you know, and I, I'm using that as an example, but there are so many other things that we keep this oh you shouldn't do you can't do you that's you're not supposed to do and it means nothing and i'm just so glad that our girls are forcing us to really be like fuck that shit it don't matter at the end of the day it does not matter so then where does decorum come in though like where does a time and a place for everything come in though do you still believe that that particular ideology or way of thinking that that still like applies at some point right i think um i don't like decorum mm. <laughs> i'm just i'm just that girl i'm just that chick but there are plenty there are plenty organizations plenty of places and entities that love it and they're going to stick to it and they're going to ensure they're going to fight to the death for it all all praises to them they can do that but me i'm i'm not a decorum i'm not a lady like decorum type chick that's not me. <laughs> i'm 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 <laughs> because you like come and come as you are as, come your as, best, you are. as, and, as I, and your best self doesn't necessarily mean how you look on the outside it doesn't mean all. that at all at all at right? all and you know what for me like i said i would never and i've never gone out with a bonnet on my head right i've never gone out and look in any kind of way just because I've grown up and had been poured into by a different generation of women who made me feel so self-conscious about how you have to show up and how you have to come out that it would be hard for me to break away from that. But mm-hmm. my my child, <laughs> oh my gosh, she's made me cringe so many times. I mean, <laughs> it's like, she's been my mirror to be like, does it even matter though? Mm-hmm. I think that when people feel good about themselves, when people truly uh, have the means, right? Um, because we also got to understand decorum and where these places of decorum are often asked or, or required. Let's look at what those places represent. And most times they represent access. Most times they act, represent excess, right? So mm-hmm. let's say a girl who, who, who doesn't have the ability to continuously get her hair done and go get her, her braids in or this, that, or shampoo to wash her hair, right? 
even to keep her hair clean. Let's say she doesn't have the wherewithal to do that. And the bonnet is the best thing she can do for her hair. Mm -hmm. Those places that would shun her, what are they really offering? Mm -hmm. And is it an offering to continue down this path of chasing down this illustrious charade? Like, is it is it Candyland? <laughs> are we just trying to continue this charade, this game, instead of allowing people to the freedom to cultivate <clears throat> and to really be who they are, show up as they wish to show up? Are we giving mm -hmm. them the tools to show up in the way we're asking them to show up? Or are those places only meant for people who can keep up the charade? Are they not meant for girls like me who may not have access, the, the, uh, the affordability to do that? So your, your thing is all about freedom and allowing young girls the freedom to be whoever it is they want to be at the, at the time. The, and then, to, so what, what, what do you think that that does for a young woman just to have that freedom and to not, to go into a space, to have a space, a safe space to uh, be free and not be judged and to be their authentic self? I think when you do that, and, and so first, so like, I, I don't want people to listen to this and be like, oh, she just want people out in the street looking crazy, acting crazy, <laughs> talking crazy, because that's not, that's not what I'm saying. But what I am saying is that when you allow people the freedom to be, to discover mm -hmm. themselves and to really see what they like, not what, not what a rule told them they have to be, not what the expectation is, but when you let them see who they are and what fits for them, I think people will always choose better, right? They'll always mm -hmm. choose the better option if it is given to them and not forced upon them. Um, when you have an example of Claire Huck, let's just use, let's just use television, right? Media and Claire Huxtable. Now, Claire Hustable didn't come on television and be like, y'all better be an attorney and get a husband and dress like me. No, she never said that. She simply was. She was on television. She just had that whole persona. Now, even, even little ghetto girls like me growing up on the south side on the low end of Chicago looked at a Claire Hustable and said, I would love to be that. Mm -hmm. And it gave yeah. me something to aspire to. Yeah, that's a good point. Sometimes your beingness, as as they say, you don't have to beat people over the head is the point you're getting at. You don't have to beat anybody over the head. Sometimes you showing up in your full authentic self and your regalness, just your beingness and who you are will inspire people to do the same. And whatever that looks like for them is what it looks like for them. And when I show up in authenticity, Mm -hmm. Right. Not because, again, my job dictates to me that I have to do it or society is dictating that I have to do it. But that's how I feel. That's how I dress. Right. That's mm -hmm. how I that's how I want to be out in the world. Not because I'm showing up so I can impress somebody. Right. So when we show up, when people and, and girls, this is why I love about them, too. They can spot phony in a minute. Mm. Most that, kids. Yeah. Most that, kids are like this, that. This broad ain't real. She ain't real. She trying to <laughs> she trying to, you know. I don't like her. They tell us <laughs> so many girl programs will tell you that. <laughs> and and um, let me see how I will say this because I don't want to. But I'll just say this: <laughs> girls have said, "I don't want to be a part of that." Mm. Don't send her back in here. Don't bring that program in here. Now you can talk to any principal you want to talk to, and and it might be me, but whoever. Mm. Like, girls will tell you what resonates with them and what they don't like and what they're not feeling.
Thank you for joining me for another episode of the Tiff's Truth Podcast. There'll be many more of these discussions to come, but in the meantime, make sure you're following me on Spotify, Apple, and Google Podcasts. You can also catch me on Instagram at Tiff's Truth. My name is Tiffany, and this is my truth.